week's edition of the landscape mode. I'm sitting here with Mike. I'm Mike DiLorenzo. And I'm Justin McGann. And we're here. We're going to talk about what's happening in mobile this week. Um, We're going to talk about the evaluation or Facebook's evaluation of Snapchat, the offer that they made. We're going to talk about Ike's new favorite phone. is BlackBerry. Yeah. Um, So we can start off with with blackberry since i i particularly like your take on on blackberry hate yeah i mean we were talking earlier it's almost like now hating blackberry is the new loving apple like you used to just being an apple fanboy was super cool and Mm -hmm. you would brag about how long you stood in line to get your phone that's not cool at all anymore now what's cool is hating blackberry which makes a lot of sense because hating things is the new liking things. I was just saying, like, you don't, people hate watch television shows. And just like, you're getting enjoyment out of it. You Okay, so you hate watching the newsroom, whereas 10 years ago you would just love West Wing. So, no, you're, you, you, you just enjoy. And hating Blackberry, like, Blackberry owners, just to be fair, I mean, in many cases, especially if you lived in a large city, were very hateful in that they were the awful people who worked at these, like, large companies who were the guys who worked at large companies who had expense accounts at the steakhouse who treated women terribly. There's another word for them that we will not say on the air. And they all had Blackberries, and they were really proud to have Blackberries. So it's sort of like some satisfying comeuppance that their cell phone company that sort of represented that generation of people is now imploding. Yeah, and I think that's true. I think there's, like, I don't know, the the whole, like, I'm not a business person. I went and did this, that, you know. They were. That's always a very distinction, the distinction made between people yes. starting a career. It's like, oh, those people went to business school. And we talked I about went this to journalism school. I have my iPhone, you know. Yes. So. Or I can't even afford an iPhone. I have an Android phone. Like I'm really, I'm really struggling right now, but I'm going to make it big. Okay. But Black- so yes, so hating the BlackBerry is the new <clears throat> loving Apple. And there's and BlackBerry's woes are just they just won't stop. Um, so BlackBerry, in, in just today, in a move of what seems like total desperation, they are now allowing you to run Android apps and native Android apps on their hardware. Since they have no apps, you, you recall a couple months ago, <laughs> it was discovered that some, 20, some large percentage, I can't remember, like 10% or something, of the BlackBerry apps in the BlackBerry store were written by one developer. And they were bad apps. And they had never been downloaded. Yes, they had never been downloaded. He was just like overpopulating the BlackBerry App Store with these horrible apps that, you know, called up a red screen or something. And he's based in some faraway country. So it seemed it seemed like the whole app store had already imploded and no one noticed. So now you can take your BlackBerry hardware and run Android apps. I understand. They're trying to be more open. It's the same thing of them trying to become a messenger app. And yeah. now it's available on the iPad. You can use their messenger service, which is a big thing now. They want it wants to be like uh, iMessage. It wants to. Uh, that's the one thing that they got right was their messaging service. So I think it's their pool, trying to both be open so that they'll get more users, but also the one thing that they can hold on to, people who have that devotion to their messenger, 
they, yeah. if they make the switch over to iPhone, they'll and still And they believe it. it's secure. Like, the interesting thing about BlackBerry is no matter how badly they're doing, people, at least enterprise people, I went to a bunch of uh, meetings at big banks and, like, you know, these big, big Canadian companies. They call them the big five banks. We visited pretty much all of them. And uh, they all have Blackberries, and they all love Blackberry, and they all think that Blackberry is secure. So they might continue to use Blackberry even if it's on an iPhone. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know where the the idea of BlackBerry security came from. Besides the fact that it was just like the first smartphone and, and it was adopted by businesses, and so there's there's the this idea. And for a long time, Defense Department just used Blackberries, but uh, with the outages that they've had and everything, and I don't know. I I don't think of their infrastructure as the the best thing in the world. No, and their PR is not going very well. I think it appears as though all the PR people were the first to be let go because the headlines on BlackBerry are just unbelievable. <laughs> they like, were fantastic. You were just did a Google News search and you were reading through them and ugh. Pfizer's prescription for BlackBerry using employees, colon, get an iPhone, or... <laughs> Blackberry's North Texas buildings up for grab. Company vacates. Or Blackberry on the brink. Security kink sinks rinky dink link sink. I mean people are at this point, people are just like having fun. Right. It's it's now open season on Blackberry. Just make fun of them for everything in the world. Which is fine. It's cool. I understand it. But I really I think... would not have a Blackberry phone. But I, the one thing that I do want to give Blackberry credit for is that when the iPhone came out, there was this fracture, this fractioning uh, of BlackBerry where people wanted to just make an iPhone duplicate. They wanted to throw away the physical keyboard. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. and it probably would have been the better business move, but they just said, you know, how would, we can't be different. They can't, and it wouldn't be a BlackBerry. Right. I mean, they it, needed to keep that physical keyboard, and I hate the physical keyboard. I my first smartphone was a Trio that had a physical keyboard, and I never got used to it, even though I used it for several years. And it took me very little time to get used to the the touchscreen keyboard. Yeah, when, when I switched, and it, it wouldn't look like like a BlackBerry. The the word BlackBerry it's because all those little chiclet keys look like the bumps on a BlackBerry. I don't know what they would call it. Right. So it's <clears throat> they they stuck to their guns. They but. Did I Ultimately, mention, they're wait. going to be remembered by two things, and that's the physical keyboard and that they just have good messaging software. That's, that will be the legacy of, of uh, yes. BlackBerry. No, I, I still think that they will live on as like a mobile security company. Even though, as the Financial Post puts it, BlackBerry's hometown is flooded with high-tech job seekers desperate for work. Well, maybe BlackBerry's name will live on. Uh, yeah. So, um, anyway, I did find it interesting in Canada at all these big enterprises that they're, they all have Blackberries, and a lot of the people there had either worked at Blackberry or had been at, you know, we were at these center mobile, mobile centers of excellence. A lot of the people knew somebody at Blackberry, had worked at Blackberry. You know, the, the tech community there is more interrelated because it's right. less population. Right. And the word is that a lot of these people are leaving to start their own mobile startups. They have skills. They're good programmers. They know mobile. They just had great, cushy jobs at BlackBerry. So who knows? Canada, all the all the unemployeds that the Financial Times is crowing about might wind up starting really cool mobile startups in Canada. Yeah. 
I think it's interesting. I mean, uh, what is the devotion to to BlackBerry in Canada? Do people are people hanging on to it? When I think of BlackBerry in Canada, it makes me think of uh, my hometown of Pittsburgh and the idea that like you only buy Heinz ketchup. It's something like that, and especially because. Like, in the U.S., you have zillions of small businesses where you make pretty good salary. Right. Like, in Canada, it their big businesses are big, and they do a lot of stuff. And so, and a lot it's of times... It's a nationalistic thing, almost. Yeah, and you get, in it. you get your phone through work right. in many cases. or And then the other part of it, yeah, it's totally nationalistic. Yeah, it makes... I think of uh, <clears throat> Daily Motion, which uh, France just made such a big play to keep it from leaving yes which is an english language name but yes i know but i understand it like that's their biggest name they don't want it leaving and going somewhere else remember some some three weeks ago lenovo offered to buy blackberry and the canadian government stopped the deal because they said it was for national security reasons yeah so so maybe all those developers who got fired will start a incredible startup maybe like the $3 billion startup that was started in a frat house two years ago. It's just fitting that it was started in a frat house. Yes. Snapchat. Snapchat. Oh, Snapchat. Hold on, let me check my phone. So Justin has just downloaded Snapchat. It's been really hard to get his attention during the podcast. I've downloaded I've had it for all of close, all of 10 minutes. Did you, did you certify that you were over, what is it? I gave them my birth date, so... I mean, there's no way that you could. I wouldn't. No one would lie to their phone. Of course, app. nobody would falsify their birth date when no. the app asks you. Right. Um, <clears throat> and, and we minutes. all know that the phone is absolutely not used for untoward pictures. It's used just because you want your pictures to disappear when right. they arrive at the They're, recipient. Right. You just want to send a picture that disappears. I have received no pictures. How I, long? This is not what. I was promised by these these uh, what, what ranting were you, and What were you promised by Snapchat? Oh, no, I was promised by articles and I'm, I'm guessing Slate of people clutching their pearls and, and, and screaming about the awfulness of Snapchat. Um, but I, I have received no titillating photos. No photos at all, probably. No, no photos at all. That's really unfortunate. Oh, wow. This is... So how how can it be worth? How can a company with thirty people be worth three billion dollars that has never earned one cent in revenue because it gives away its product for free? Well, not only that, feels like they're worth more than three billion because they turned down the Facebook offer. Yes, three billion was like absolutely beneath them because that's only what a uh, hundred thousand hundred million per per person per employee or something yeah how are you going to live with that i know that's not that's not worth it and of course their product is free so it can just keep selling and what did we read that some 350 million pictures a day are taken with snapchat right. by its 100 million right, right. so 3.5 pictures per user a day yes which is interesting it's i use i do use uh only recently only for the past couple months i've been using uh instagram and I would say people do not average 3.5 photos a day. So what's going to happen to Snapchat? Are they really worth more than $3 billion? The, What I thought of, it's this whole acquisition first functionality thing. It made me think of back during the check-in craze, um, Facebook looked at something like Foursquare 
and said, oh, we can do that. And so they just duplicated the functionality yeah. and no one used it. And it completely died and it, I don't think it's part of their uh, Facebook anymore. And so it became clear to them at that time that it's not about the functionality, it's about the users, which is probably why they bought, later they bought Instagram because it's not about the functionality. They can, they can duplicate that functionality. They have the engineers to do that. It's about the users. So 100 million users are worth 3 billion bucks. Yeah. That's what, 300 bucks a user? Is that right? Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot for a user. It's also, I mean, I mean, it's a defensive play by Facebook, right? Yes. If if God, I think that they're all worried. God forbid, Google Plus actually gets a foothold. I like Google Plus. It's not Facebook. I but I use it for. We use it for uh, Google Chat constantly. I use Google Voice when I don't want to get my real phone number, and that is now tied into Google Hangouts. Yeah. Um, I use AutoSync for my phone. Automatically syncs all my photos to Plus. I don't. I don't even think to connect up my phone to my laptop to get photos off it. I just go to my Plus account, and they've already auto-synced. Which you don't need to do anymore, by the way, in iOS seven. Wireless sync everything. Ah. So they're true. catching up too. They're catching, up. but there's <clears throat> you can't use Plus like you use Facebook, but it has really interesting use cases and it does does really cool things. So. I wish more people would use Plus, but that's just me. Yeah, and we live in San Francisco, and if we don't think enough people here are using it, it means no one else on the planet no is using, using it. it. Yeah, yeah, no. I, my <clears throat> friends in Delaware do not know that it exists. So, so Twitter, you know, their stock price, they had their IPO. It, Snapchat is worth even more than Twitter per employee. Is that even possible? Uh, per employee, wow. That is somewhat shocking. Um Maybe that seeing that Snapchat will be easier to monetize. Yeah, I mean, I don't. No one knows Twitter's the answer. Obviously, Twitter's obviously having a lot of trouble monetizing itself, and I for I think lots of reasons. <clears throat> Basically, they got really late into Twitter, uh, promoted posts and promoted tweets, and so someone like me, I've been using Twitter for about five years, and over that time, I've accumulated a lot of people that I follow. I follow like over five hundred people. Um, and because of that, I go through my feed very quickly, and I read a couple words of a tweet, and just, it's automatic. I real, I like, nope, not paying attention, and I just pick out, I cherry pick things that look interesting to me. So I've, before they even introduced advertising, I trained myself to ignore things I don't want to read. Uh, yeah. So yep. I don't even notice the promoted tweets. I, yeah. They just fly by. But we have them. noticed, like, when we, in our job uh, at MoveWeb, place promoted tweets, they do work. They do work. You can get people to click on them. Uh, they're obviously not working well enough for Twitter. Yeah, that's true. That they're, they're still not turning a profit. They're off not of making them. much money on them. Right? They, they do. do appear, they work. They do appear. And to I think work. more people, more companies are going to discover them and use them. And uh, I think you know, it, it actually makes sense to use them now because. And I think not they work better on mobile, because I. I mean, you can. Experiencing Twitter on mobile, there's virtually no difference from the desktop, so you do it. Right. Whereas I Google services, I, I don't know. Google services, the, the mobile ads, I just tend to dismiss completely. I think that is true that they probably 
I would love to see the. I know that we have for our own uh, promoted tweets that we've done and different uh, campaigns. I'd love to see the the uh, interaction between mobile and desktop across the board. Uh, we have a very tech savvy audience, so it's not surprising that they interact with the the mobile uh, tweets, promoted tweets. I'd love to see Twitter uh, release the overall, but. Yeah, I'm not. I love Twitter so much. I wish that. I'm just afraid that now that they're public, they're going to have to become profitable, and that's a little frightening as what's going to happen to user experience. On Twitter. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Snapchat. I don't know. I mean, there's. If you just look at their campus, it just they seem to have an unlimited amount of money and are not slowing down. So we, one would assume the product's going to follow. Well, they have. A, yeah, sure. They have. A, a, that they they've got stockpiles of money and they're going to have even more money, but at some point they have to turn a profit. So, right? what's your guess of what's going to happen to Snapchat? Who will? I don't think they're going to go it alone. Who will buy them? Yeah. Still no Still pictures. No pictures. That's really unfortunate. I know. God, someone Snapchat me. Uh, who will buy Snapchat? Who besides Facebook will want Snapchat? Uh. I find this really interesting because I think Snapchat is, at its core, a way to route pornography through the internet without getting caught. It's the most the genius part of it is it's the only way yet that people have found to send pornography to the internet in a company that can be bought and sold like in a legitimate way. Even though Tumblr is mostly pornography and Yahoo bought it, maybe that's just the last way to get users. So I don't, I don't. It has to be somebody who's willing to accept that, and I just don't think that's Google. I think that uh, that that's understandable. Um, at the same time, I think any medium that you open up to users to share media. Yeah, that's true. It's going to be. There's people that sh- explicit things on Twitter. There's explicit explicit things on Facebook. It's just with Snapchat. That's what. The media is focusing on, so it makes I know, acquisition hard. I, I wish I had a better read on Snapchat because we could also look like at the articles about Reddit a year ago, and I do have I've used Reddit for a handful of years now as well, and I was reading all these articles, and I was that is not the Reddit that I use. The, the Reddit I use is yeah, completely different than that. So true. maybe Snapchat users are just sharing pictures with their friends, and it is they kind read of the articles. Of the, they see the Slate article about you know how people are using Snapchat and say that's not the Snapchat that I know. I would send far more pictures if I knew they weren't going to live forever, and not because they're they're explicit, just because they're stupid. Right. If you were down at the coffee cart and yes. you saw something, you just snap a picture and throw it, and it's not. Yes. Yeah. And then it's, it, it establishes, I think this is unimportant, but I'm sharing it anyway. Whereas right. when you take a picture conventionally, so we had talked about the new hot idea that, that is going to make Apple compete right. with Snapchat. This is a, a genius idea. I love this idea. We're launching it here on the podcast. In that The idea, not the actual product. Yes, because the idea. we don't have any time to work on anything. In iMessage would have Snapchat capability if when you deleted your iMessage, it also deleted from the recipient's phone. Right. I think that's fair. It's that simple. You, you own the things that you write. If you want to send a message to someone and then go back through it and clean it up, you can do that. I do the same thing with my Facebook account. I go back and take things that I shared on my timeline and just remove them. Yeah. Because I don't want people to be able to scroll back through everything and see what I said when I was in, you know, So you five, could six send a picture ago. 
And if you, all you do is send the picture, you could delete it at will, or you could set an expiration timer, meaning after the person sees it, how many seconds till it vanishes. And then Snapchat will be built into iMessage. Right. So we'll see if they do that. Yeah. Hey, and, on a more cyberbullying will be even easier. Oh. So on a more serious note, you wanted to talk about... Yeah, this article that I read uh, in Quartz that was pretty interesting, uh, just because we, we talk about fairly regularly the, our acknowledgement that we live in the San Francisco tech bubble and don't understand that technology is not the same everywhere else and only see technology through like our point of view where... I can take my phone and get a cab to meet me downstairs in five minutes. Right, and whether, what people are doing with Snapchat is one of the most important issues we have to discuss for the cell phones. <laughs> no, there's actually <laughs> a lot more important things. And so this article in Quartz was about the, the typhoon that hit the Philippines and how mobile phones have changed uh, emergency efforts. And it was really, really interesting because... We focus too much on how mobile changes our daily lives and not enough on how it changes these very, very large things. And it makes me think of this really interesting situation where we're getting into internationally where because of the... um, Because wireless infrastructure is easier to expand than actual physical infrastructure, we're very quickly hitting the point where people have access to the internet before they have access to running water. And this is doing crazy things in countries like the Philippines where they have, this This was such an awful disaster because they have such poor physical infrastructure that they can't handle a typhoon. At the same time, you can bring satellite phones in there and they can do lots of crazy things because- Or regular phones. Well, regular phones, but the physical uh, phone lines went down and everything. No, no, like I that. mean like regular 3G phones. Oh, yeah. It, it's so quick to put up a 3G tower. Right. You can do that way quicker than getting actual food and water to people. So you can right. disseminate cell service maybe a week before you can even get medical care in. Right, and information, <clears throat> as it's food and water, it's incredibly important, but information. Yeah. Okay. For those of you who didn't catch it, here at the office, we are having cake. Cake. Well, we have to wrap up the podcast with cake. Um, no, just the the idea that uh, with these phones now, we can find people in wreckage. We can The mesh network is something that uh, we've talked about in the past few disasters, and this is the idea that even when the uh, network is down, it's almost a peer-to-peer. A phone connects to a phone, connects to a phone. Yeah, that's and you really make amazing. This, uh, ad hoc mesh network, where all you need is cell phones to uh, connect with each other. So, it's uh, it's really nice when kind of daily we're looking at something that's so close to our face, mobile, yep. to be able to step back and. and there's see a it. part of it where they describe that the person, just the fact that the person has a cell phone on them, helps them find the person in the rubble. Right. So it's, I don't know, it's, it's just a nice thing to think about from the wider perspective when we spend a little bit too much time evaluating how much something like Snapchat is worth or like yeah. obsessing over what the Twitter stock has done in the last 20 minutes to actually take a look at the technology and see how it's being used and the good that, that's come out of it. Um, and that's, I mean, that's, that's why ultimately I like all these, I mean, we both like these uh, 
kind of non-iPhone phones that are making. Yeah, this is part of my, why I'm so incredibly fascinated by these minority OS phones that aren't after your data. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to produce a phone that costs $700, like the Firefox phone. And the mobile browsers are getting <clears throat> to the point where you can just make a good mobile yep. site. You can make a good web app. Um, There's a, we're not there yet, but it reminds me of like, you know, if you said 15 years ago that you wouldn't be using Microsoft Office, you would be writing uh, documents in the browser. People would have thought that's crazy, but of course now we do everything in Google Docs. So yes, they're the same way, native things on the phone, there are some things native does better now, but as expand out and everyone's using browsers, yeah, these phones like, could become more and more powerful. All they need is a great a mobile browser. Yeah, such as Firefox Phone. There are still really stupid phones if you want to buy them. And and we're going to... This gonna, is your, your new phone, the Yoda phone. We're just going to wrap up with the most stupid phone on Earth to, to bring it back to first world reality. So a, a Russian investors have come up with a phone. There's a lot of talk about the phone screen being bigger, the phone screen being brighter, more HD. Sony says it has a 4X HD display. So now we have a phone that has a screen on both sides. And this is so if you it. if you were to drop the phone, you make sure that you break at least one of the screens. Right. Right. You you can't it's the dropping dropping buttered toast. It always lands screen down. That's actually what this phone is because you can't possibly not drop it on its screen. Right. So which one are you going to break? Are you going to break the LCD screen or are you going to break the e-ink screen? So the funniest this is the Yota phone. Yota. The phone the funniest part is the principles at Yota trying to explain the use case for a phone that has a screen on both sides. You obviously can't see both sides right. at the same time. So one side has a conventional screen, the other one has e-ink, and all of the use cases involve the battery being about to die, and you cannot live without the image on your phone, so you save the last dying image of the color side right. onto the black and white side. The ink doesn't use power, right. only for refreshing the screen. You can leave it up there forever. It'll just stay there until you can scramble to the nearest power outlet and recharge. My favorite thing about looking at these crazy things is when I, I, I read the article, I look at it, I watch the video, and then I think to myself, well, no, even I wouldn't use this phone. <laughs> and that, that's what I thought, because I am ridiculous, and I love e-ink. Uh, we both love e-ink. We both use the Kindle. Yes. Uh, but no, even I would not use this phone. It's absolutely ridiculous. It seems incredible. Look it up. It's Y-O-T-A. Yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes to the wonderful, wonderful article it's, and uh, it'll, video. If you do know someone who must have two screens, it's launching internationally just before Christmas. Um, hey, so we're at time, and as you may have heard, there's cake yes. in the office. And the best pieces are with all the icing are going to go pretty quickly, so we need to wrap it up. Yeah, so um, hey, for this week, I'm Mike DiLorenzo. I'm Justin McGinn. And this is The Landscape Mode.